Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Metal Mike, and in this episode of the 80s Glam Metal Cast, I talk with the king of power pop, Donnie V. We hear all about what he's up to today, and we talk about his rise to stardom with Enough's Enough, and we hear about all those classic albums from the late 80s and early 90s. Check it out. Donnie, welcome to the podcast, man. How you doing tonight? Uh, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's day, it's morning for me, but, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I work at night, I, my, my whole thing is flipped around, but I'm, I'm okay. Perfect, man. Well, I've been up since 6 in the morning, so it's, for me it is night. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I, it's about when I'm uh, cleaning up or whatever I'm doing, you know what I mean? Recording or something, it's about packing up around 6. <laughs> that's funny. So, hey, man, it's a new year. Well, what are you working on for 2021? Uh, new songs, uh, putting, putting my own uh, company together. The, you know, with merch and songs and, and releasing songs and, and uh, publishing and, and what have you. Possibly uh, possibly there's things I could do uh, for for a few bucks, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And uh, uh, while I'm also uh, looking at a, a catalog deal for my solo catalog, we just did the Enough's Enough uh, entire catalog deal. And looking at one of those... And it's uh, writing a, and recording a bunch of new songs, and uh, whatever the the year, however it unfolds, whatever is the most logical thing for me to do at that time is what I'll be doing. So, do you want to do a, a new album, or do you want to just do singles, or what's the plan? It depends on where what my situation is. If I'm doing it my own, my own company, uh, releasing them myself, I probably would do singles because it's it's pretty expensive to make a record. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's nothing compared to what it used to be, but there is expenses if you want to do it right. You know, and there's a couple of things. You gotta have a studio for a drummer guy. You know, hire out that, and you gotta you got definitely hire an engineer and guy to engineer and mix, and so that. That shit all costs money, you know, to, to do a 10 song thing. It, it takes, it's a little time consuming. And, uh, you know, like the Pledge Music thing I tried last time, you know, they, Pledge Music disappeared with all the money and just fucked everybody and we got Ooh. fucked. And so that can't happen again. So, but if, you know, if I get a label deal, there's a good chance that they would, uh, at least advance that, that expense, you know, till you, you sell it and uh, recoup it. But then I would, you know, I've got enough songs to make a record make a great record right now you get just the same amount of exposure and uh juice you know around all the all the pods and uh interviews and magazine things and stuff like that with us with one song as you do with a whole album you know what i mean mm-hmm. and uh and nobody buys records anymore they just basically download or listen to a song new song on youtube or or wherever you can listen to them free you know and download them and shit yeah. so you know it's like that's what's that's what's basically happening these days and to make a whole record is is in my position is uh would be pointless in, unless there was finances to do it and it, realistically and uh uh so you know it wasn't out of outrageous amount you know what i mean with the you know, work with a label they also have something to say about what you do sure yeah funny when you say podcast i know you did a shout out on uh 
uh, Twitter, and, and you mentioned my podcast, so I appreciated that. But uh, you go on a lot of podcasts. Do you feel like it's a viable way to get the word out there? It's uh, instead of radio interviews that you used to do, and uh, and you know, hard copy magazine interviews. I used to do a million of those. You know, I mean, those are those are a thing of the past, and now it's podcasts, and uh, you know, there's a few radios, podcasts, basically podcasts and shit. That's about all the interviews I do now. This year, it surprised me that it was only the phone, because they're all on like Zoom or something. They're all video, and you know, it's it's a lot more effort setting up all this shit, and you. And you and right now, I get to look like I just got up. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's like with me. I'm yeah, in my pajamas. That's, that's, yeah, I do a lot of them. Michael is, uh, he's great at uh, handling the, you know, the, the social media shit and looking, going out and soliciting that stuff. You know what I mean? He's really great at it and really building my following and stuff. So, like, as, you know, if, if we do launch a, the own company and start doing things, uh, he's, he's real good to make sure that it has some success. That's awesome. So you talked a little bit about the back catalog. So basically, what, from what I'm hearing, is the Enough's Enough catalog, aside from the first two uh, Adco albums, are going to be coming out. Th- they're out now through Cleopatra, right? Uh, two of them are. The Dissidents was, was the last Enough's Enough record that we made, that I made with the band. Uh, they released that first, and that sold out immediately. They're in their second pressing on that. And, and I guess just last week they released uh, another one called Peach Fuzz. And I imagine that's doing pretty well. And uh, and it's cool to have those on vinyl. They've never been on vinyl before. And it's also good to have, have uh, all those records that, that were scattered around on these shitty labels and mm-hmm. this and that and, and uh, untraceable with the money and all that stuff. You know, you never even hear from them and shit. And it's great to have those all corralled back up and somewhere where, you know, they're getting the attention, they're getting the love, and we're getting the, the sheets, spreadsheets, and, and what we're supposed to get on those things. You know, but said a lot of them have, none of them most of them haven't been matter of fact all of these haven't been released on vinyl and uh the box set are doing a box set too which is going to be cool and i was i'm hoping they make a, a one with the 40 or vinyls that'd be a great box set you know mm-hmm. yeah definitely so now with this whole process yeah. and even with some of your songs that you've done recently you've worked with chip uh how's the relationship things good with you and chip right now it's good as long as we're uh we're you know, this relationship we have right now is uh, successful under the circumstances. You know, it's, it's, you know, we basically reached the point after so long together. And, and, you know, he's got his things with quirks and and downfalls, and I have mine. And, and after all those years together and all those hard times and a lot of desperate times and both of our issues, you know, getting, getting exaggerated, uh, I prefer not to not to be involved with him every day as he prefers not to be involved with me every day. And he likes doing his thing. I like doing my thing, but at least, uh, because of that, uh, Cleopatra deal, we, we ended up having to, having to come to discussions and, and talk again. And, and, uh, yeah, we found a way to, uh, to at least make it, it friendly and, and we try to remember the love instead of the hate and, uh, you know, help each other out if you want. And which is a lot better and, and toxic than it, than it used to be, at least for me, you know, because I hated his ass. I fucking hated him. There was some really violating stuff happening, and, and uh, I just couldn't believe it, you know, from the so-called brother. But, you know, we talked about all that shit, and it's, it's worked out. 
That's great to hear, man. Great to hear. Well, hey, this is the 80s glam metal cast, so we do have to go back and talk a little bit about the 80s. That, that's just what we do on this podcast. Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'll tell you whatever I can remember. <laughs> so let's start to uh, revisit 1989. So you got major label release. You got videos on MTV. Walk us through just how you were feeling at this point. It had to be incredible. The best way to describe that would be everywhere you go is a party for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and it's a, a, a big party for you. Anywhere you go, you go to a club, you go to, you know, somewhere, you go to uh, anywhere. It's a big party for you, and, and everybody's, uh, you know, everybody loves you, the flavor of the month, and uh, you get in everywhere, and, and everything people give you, all this shit free that, that costs, you know, when you don't have any money, and, uh, you know, just playing everywhere. We're very busy, and, uh, you know, not at, not at home, like, like for earlier parts of our lives, you know, with the family and, and whatever's going on at home. And it's like I said, just uh, getting on a bus all together, you know, some just buddies and brothers and musicians and our crew and stuff and getting on a bus and taking on the, you know, conquering the conquering the world for a while, you know, and we, we did. And while we were up and running in the good days, we were, uh, we were kicking ass, you know. We've always, we were always really great band, you know. But uh, yeah, it was, it was so much fun. But it, also came with a lot of excess of, of baggage that was that was impossible to shake for a long time as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this yeah. album really didn't sound like a lot of the rest of the '80s hard rock bands that were out. I mean, you guys definitely were infusing some of the psychedelic sounds and the Beatles. Uh, who were some of your influences? Your early influences that that showed out on that album? I could say basically it wasn't very many uh, '80s uh, glam metal bands. So, you know, I mean, I loved, uh, I liked, you know, like the the classic stuff, you know, from the the '60s, like the good stuff, the melodic rock and shit, the Motown. I like a lot, a lot of Motown, you know, Jackson Five, Sam Cooke, uh, Stevie Wonder, like a lot of that, and uh, a lot, you know, lots of Beatles and the British Invasion shit. And then uh, when we got into the seventies, all that killer shit, you know what I mean? And because uh, bands were still evolving and still growing and um, changing and shit like that at that time, there were rock stars and shit and and all of that stuff. Uh, those were all an influence and. And then when the 80s came, I, uh, Van Halen was one I loved. I loved Van Halen. Uh, Molly Crew, Poison, I even begun to love Poison, especially playing with touring with those guys and shit, you know. And like Warrant, the same thing. But n- none of the other ones, I really knew one from the other, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who had the idea to do the image that way? So, I mean, you kind of took some of the glam elements and then, you know, you mixed it with some of the 60s stuff. Whose idea was that? Well, for the, for the most part, a lack of uh, real thought and planning put into that, you know, as far as everybody involved, uh, you know, as far as Chip and I were concerned, we'd never uh, ever envisioned that, you know, as our look or our, our uh, genre or anything like that. Uh, with Derek and Vic, that kind of came with the territory mm-hmm. with their, you know, Derek with the gigantic flat hair. He looked like all the guitar. He looked like you couldn't find him on the, uh, Friday night at the Rainbow, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just a bad head. And Vic, you know, total Poison Molly crew, you know, uh, fan. So, and, uh, and that's what was going on on MTV and that's what was going on in, uh, around the clubs and stuff. And so, Chip and I, you know, with, without really knowing any better, are just kind of getting on the getting on the the bus for that one. We did that, and the label didn't seem to say anything about it. And 
couple of the previous labels that we were showcasing for, like Geffen, first thing they, they said, well, we're not, we're not going to, we're going to have to pass on this. But the guy came out for a show, a showcase. He says, when he got in the limo, he goes, man, if you just look like that on stage, you know how I looked when I got into the limo after the show and stuff, uh-huh. you know, jeans and t-shirt and shit like a leather jacket. He's like, it would make sense. He goes, it would be fucking 10 times better. He said, that look, he goes, we can't deal with that. And But then in the same breath, there was other labels that were like, they liked that. So hearing that, you know, from a label, uh, it doesn't really rub you right, right then after a big show and everything like that. You know, we were, we were pretty popular already in Chicago and stuff. And, and uh, you know, we had management with money and shit like that. But, uh, which that, that too, the original manager and stuff made comments about that. You know, the you, know, you guys look like a bunch of pussies, all girls and stuff. I don't know. It's it was a lot of it was about getting the girls in those days, and that's what was getting the girls and the jeans and the other shit wasn't getting the girls. You know, right, or at least right. the the group the groupies and the whores at least because that's that's what you're interested in when you're a a bad boy. You know, <laughs> you want you don't want any, you don't want anything of quality. They're too smart and. Uh, you know, it's too hard on you when they leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I really is not a fan of that glam shit, and I, I shaked it as quick as we, quickly as I could, and, that's, and that was went against my instincts, and so did a lot of things with the band in the early days. But such a big, op, big opportunity came so young, and so you know, I was very inexperienced, but very young, and, and that was what you, what you dream about, you know. What I mean, so we're going to walk away from that. On, being uh, the one guy that's saying, hey, I don't like the way uh, this looks. You know what I mean? And uh, like some other pants and, and a leather jacket at least, you know what I mean? But those those clothes, <laughs> and the chip, chip wore my hand-me-downs. Because I had a, a, this plumber, he used to make the pants for me, uh-huh. and he'd just send me like 10, 10 boxes of pants. And, and I, had, I didn't think I was even paying for them. I thought he was just making them for free, so I'd wear his pants. Turns out I was paying for them, but... I had so many of them that I just give them the chip. And there we were. And I look at, I look at those days, some of the posters and the pictures are junk there in people's faces. It just, it was ridiculous. But yeah, that was a huge mistake for us. That that look and the, what something that really didn't cross our minds was was that when that, that was going to get shuffled out and and new stuff was going to come in and and that we would be in that. You know, we thought our songs and everything would. Uh, We'd be okay, you know, but that that whole look and everything like that became taboo. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I've, I want to touch on that because I have some of that written down. So you figure 1991 comes, the whole music industry starts to change, right? You guys put out Strength, which is an amazing album, uh, but you look at like the video for Baby Loves You. And it's almost like you guys kind of still look the same. It's, you know, it's the big 80s show. It's got a lot of lights and all that kind of stuff. And in, to me, when I watch you guys on Letterman, it's it's way more toned down, you know? And I'm thinking like, okay, now don't get me wrong. I do the 80s glam metal cast. I love glam and I love all that stuff. But when I think of the music and, and I think of the way you guys came across on Letterman, I'm thinking like this is really the more appropriate way to go right now with the way the industry is going. You know what I mean? Do you think like you weren't really marketed the right way as you got into the 90s? Well, Baby Loves You was was, was uh, the strength album and uh, we still hadn't, it still hadn't sunk in yet. You know, it's still, uh, we didn't realize what was happening. You know, it's like a lot of artists did where, right. you know, and, um, so we were still, but you can see though, there's no, I'm not wearing any makeup and shit like that other than what you have to wear for the lights. And, and the clothes I was wearing, I didn't consider glam at the time, you know, it was just flashy and flamboyant and I'm an idiot. I have no fashion sense. So I wore 
flag pants and then different flag shirt. And uh, when we went on Letterman, that was that was you know after that once we uh, realized what happened and basically were when we went to Arista and Clive Davis. That's that's first thing he did was get rid of that look. You know what I mean? What was yeah. left of it? And that was uh, that job was on Frigo and uh, and Fox and Chip. You know what I mean? Because they were uh, that's what they were doing. And, um, cause I was, you know, like I said, you know, it's like the shit that came in with the uh, Nirvana and all that stuff like that before all that stuff with, with everybody else's input, that was me. That was me naturally as, right. you know, punk, punk, bum, uh, drug addict, fucking, you know, bad boy, fucking street lizard, you know, like those guys and was writing punky shit and stuff. And then, so I was like, damn, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I was, went and changed to do that and. Clive Davis, one of the things he taught me and told me was, uh, he goes, Donnie, because your picture belongs up, you show me around his office, all these big giants, then your picture belongs up there too. He goes, but the minute you do anything that's not natural, it does, isn't just naturally you. He says, you start taking away from you that, uh, you know, that glammy makeup and this and that. And he says, that shit, you know, it's got to go. And I don't think he had any intentions of keeping the rest of the band. I think he, his intentions were uh, all he cared about was these power ballads and and uh, me. Mm-hmm. I mean, so uh, so, but I mean, I, I got that that point real quickly, and I was really happy. And uh, we, you know, we went through there right by your side video and and shit. And once we were with, uh, you know, they just, I think at the other label, they basically built their label as, as on that that '80s glam shit. You know what I mean? It was yep. kind of kind of their cornerstone and shit like that. And we were getting them attention and building them up because we were their main baby. Yep. And, uh, you know, so they, they just like a lot of, a lot of companies are, they're, you know, they got a machine. They see what, what's selling, what's making people, what's making us money. All right, let's make more of that. Yeah. You know what I mean, so it's uh, a guy like Clive, you know, he is nonsense with that stuff, you know, and uh, any other label we, we uh, talked to, Definitely too. Again, after when we left uh, Atco, and um, but this time we, it was uh, Kladner uh-huh. that we were talking to, and he really he wanted to sign the band too, but uh, but his pitch to us was that he's he's got to take care of the band down to square one, you know, start with the the image, the look, the sound of it, everything. He says that's because your band doesn't make any sense, and we're going to do this and that, this and that. You probably you know don't even think about putting out a record for at least a year or so as opposed to Clive Davis's pitch was you guys are the greatest this is the greatest song blah 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 and so we went with that naturally of course did the stupid thing again you know mm. but uh yeah because he did the Aerosmith that's what he did with them right I mean if that was what he was going to do with us but yeah that was I was happy once all that shit was gone. <laughs> let me let me say one more thing though about that yeah, sure. it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun doing that that 80s uh, life, you know what I mean? Oh, that yeah. was a lot of fun. Because when that went out, the, the good times went out with the business, you know what I mean? Right, right. All the good times and all the parties and all the fun shit was gone, you know, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah, like back to Baby Loves You. I, I mean, when I hear that song, I mean, it always gets stuck in my head. It To me, it, it, like it should have been a number one hit if it was maybe just marketed different. I mean, that song has huge potential. If it had been pushed, that was uh, already like the first record this, this the science and, and it started to happen. Uh, Echo and the other labels kind of uh, imploding, and um, 
you know, I mean, the business changing and, and the labels having to change and one label buying out the other one, different people coming in and changing things around. So we had uh, two two hits in a row and we were getting ready to do uh, another summer ballad. Uh, you know, uh, I forget the song off the record. And that was going to be the, the big summer one that it was going to, you know, we had all these tours lined up and shit and, and uh, just walked off stage one night and they, they told us, uh, hey, guys, uh, we're going home. It was uh, records done, you know. I went, what do you mean it's done? We were just getting ready to do another single and video and stuff. Because where we're not, because uh, they want to make the next record. So we went and made the next record. Still didn't know what, what the fuck was going on. Had no clue. And you don't want to believe that stuff, you know. And we had a eight-record deal, mm, you know what I mean? Okay. So we go to make the next record. We make the strength record, which is like, for us at that time and for, for a lot of, you know, uh, bands and stuff like that in our in the rock and roll genre that record there was uh was like a, a masterpiece yeah you know what i mean I agree. and so and so we were you know we were uh we weren't no we weren't making that record with the intentions of of that we're gonna it's gonna sit on a shelf we're not it's not gonna get pushed or anything which it didn't at echo because they uh they actually uh, we were one of the things that built that built that president's label and um, to take us out was to take him out and to take the label down, and that's what they did. Put us on a shelf, and, and then eventually even told us to put us on a shelf. And so we had to file a bankruptcy to get out of there instead of sit there for another six records and waste six more killer records, right. you know, that'll never get heard and shit. And and so we were still shooting for it, and, and Baby Loves You uh, could have been a hit because it was starting to be just on our own, you know, just word of mouth and radio playing it on their own and stuff, and... It could have been a hit, and, and that song, we had that since before New Thing and shit. That was like one of the, close to one of the first songs that, that uh, Chip and I wrote together, and, and we you know we had it in the set list all the time because it was really easy to play. Right. It's really easy to sing and really easy to play and, and catchy and crowd dig it. Um, it was a little simplistic for me as far as I was concerned because I liked being, getting a little more in-depth in, in the song and stuff, but I recognized its potential. Yeah, it could have. It could have done something. We did that one on we, we did that one live on TV too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like that performance. So hey, so you you brought up an interesting point when you talk about when you get over to a Arista with Clive. Why not change the name of the band, or why not just ditch the band, or, or just have you? Because like right now, I mean, and, and you've already alluded to this. Enough's enough is associated with the '80s, right? And now we're in the '90s, and everything that was glam '80s is is getting panned. Why not change the name? Well, number one, first of all, that you, you can't shake uh, anybody knowing or enough's enough. Um, changing the name now, we're we're getting ready to go. Uh, you know, we had a deal then as enough's enough. We had another deal. Everything was fine. We, like I said, we didn't know all of this shit was happening to us. We, we could never have foreseen or envisioned that uh, we were just going to completely be, you know, just turn into a complete failure and stuff in the business. It never, never occurred to us. We figured, well, you know, we were good enough that we would survive whatever hits us, you know. And so after the Arista thing, after that, uh, we tried to. I, I, the, I had quit the band after the Arista record for for a while and, and started making uh, what turned out to be the seven record in Tweak. Mm -hmm. I started making that by myself, writing it and demoing it with Ricky Parent, who just got into the band then. And I was done with uh, with, the, uh, with Chip and uh, Derek and stuff. And then you get sucked back in when you got a, a killer record in the, in the process. 
How are you, where are you going to put it out? Who even knows who Donnie V is? You know, there ain't enough enough as, you know, you can get a small deal with that. Who fucks Donnie V? You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. so that turned, you know, and Chip and them heard it. And, you know, he, of course he, uh, you know, he came, got back into the fold and they got another, they got interest in it. And, but originally we tried to push it as, uh, Chip and Donnie, which was changing the name of, and, and, and trying to lose the enough enough stigmatism by going with Chip and Donnie and with a totally toned down natural look on the cover, stuff like that. And, and did put it out in Japan. But uh, it didn't really fly here, and we got a different deal that for uh, to make two records, which was uh, which was seven and tweaked because we had two two records worth of shit, and it was one big session, one big period. But we just took the we had two records worth of great songs. So we took the half with that were heavier and more darker, put those and made that into tweaked, and took the other stuff, the lighter shit that was basically Chip and Donnie. I made that seven because after that, that's, you know, you, like I said, all of a sudden you can get work still as an ups and up, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, to start all over and, and with the industry turning like it is and, and all by yourself, really still not knowing what the fuck Donnie V, you know, or changing the name when you're, when everybody knows you're an ups and up, it's like, uh, you know, cause that's basically the reason. And then you, you keep getting, you know, in order to eat, and work and still get more of those and get shows and, and shit like that. You can only get it as enough's enough as a, as opposed to uh, changing the name, which, you know, I mean, it's going and trying to find another deal and, and labels that don't even know what the fuck is up right now. You know what I mean? Hey guys, this podcast takes a lot of time and effort. I want to do more in-depth projects on here, but I can't do it without your help. Just Google 80s Glam Metal Cast on Anchor. Once there, hit the support button and you can donate 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99 a month. Your support will ensure that this podcast will be rocking out for years to come. Thanks for listening. Well, luckily, a lot of that stuff blew over. I mean, by the time you get to the 2000s, the, the grunge thing was kind of over. So so at least, you know, it, it seems like the hard rock and heavy metal uh, got back into the scene and pretty much has been strong you know i mean i know it's i don't know if hard rock and heavy metal will ever be like a commercial force like it was in the 80s but uh at least it's it's not something that has to hide in the closet you know what i mean it's it's out there in the forefront again so that that's a positive thing yeah there's nothing there's no like big rock stars anymore though you know no. like not like a led zeppelin or aerosmith or those those kind of guys because there, there's not the whole persona there's just the heavy metal records you know and and uh, nobody gives a fuck what they look like and stuff and they basically all look like the same record, same band, yeah. you know, a lot of them, and, and very similar sounds and shit, but the image is very important in uh, the music business. Yeah. Even with Nirvana and stuff like that, it was image. They were very image-focused. It was just a different image, you know what I mean? And, the, and it, it affected and, and uh, changed the whole world, started wearing the ripped-up jeans and the, those, those tennis shoes and the, the big sweaters and shit like that. So that was an image, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so image is important. When you got those, the guys in, you know, the metal bands and stuff, most of them will wear those, uh, you know, those long shorts and, and combat boots or something <laughs> like that or jeans and T-shirts and stuff. And so, you know, they have beards and, you know, long, scraggly hair, shit like that. To, you know, I mean, there's there's no image there. Plus, there's no melodies in those songs. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. all you get is, is a, you know, a certain, certain genre of angst 
you know what I mean? That uh, just angst and, you know, that whole attitude and stuff that love that stuff. But you don't get a lot of, you know, you, don't, you, can't, you can't hook any of the, there's no hits. No. And then I, I love it, though. Some of them, I really love them. Like, I love Pantera. Oh, yeah. They used to be good friends of ours, too. And Daryl was a good friend, you know? Oh, super killer stuff. But you know what's weird about music today <laughs> is that everything's kind of in these pockets. Uh, like, before, when you think of, like, the 80s, uh, you had MTV and everybody was kind of, you didn't have the internet, so you couldn't go on a deep dive and try to find something. You had to kind of go with what was on the radio, what was on MTV. So we had these movements, you know what I mean? And now I don't feel like you're ever going to really have that movement again because everybody's isolated in these pockets. You know, if you, like you said, if you like metal, you can go online and you can go on Spotify and you can go down a wormhole of Swedish metal or, or, you know, or glam metal, whatever kind of metal you want. But at least back in the day, oversaturation, oversaturation for, for absolutely no, no cost whatsoever. And anybody can make one of those videos. Anyone can put their music up. It's just the same as, as Taylor Swift can on the YouTube channel. It's it won't get as much views and stuff, but it's oversaturation. There's always been a million bands in the world, always been new artists, always been this and that, but uh, but they weren't the ones that were discovered or chosen or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, the music business was a whole different, it wasn't just that. It was a whole different attitude and a whole different set of people that was started that music business. And, you know, and, uh, and everything good about it, you know, really happened within 20 years, you know, and then kind of... Uh, you know, went out with a lot of this. I mean, just uh, the computer, the whole internet, and everything just, you know, really, really fucked everybody. And, and Metallica knew that in the, in the beginning, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's why they were in, yeah. in court. They were in court and battling and shit like that. They knew what was coming and, and they were right. And, you know, a lot of other people don't, don't think about that shit. And, uh, you know, and there used to be mystery and mystique and, uh, with the artist. Yeah. You know, you have a, a you have a magazine that you could read an interview with who could say what he wanted to and go through publicists and stuff like that. And, and the only thing you really knew about, like even in the 70s, the only thing you knew about a band was, was the picture on the album cover. <laughs> yep, yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. It really was. And and uh, so everything was controlled. So these things were bigger than life, you know? And then once an artist turns gets bigger life, a lot of times he'll become bigger than life, that energy and stuff, you know? And really uh, turn it on, yeah. Um, you know, so but with uh, you know it all on uh, you can't sell records anymore. You, you know, this rock market really doesn't get record deals. It's really not. You know, there's no really rock clubs. There's nothing. You know, because it's it's all this new shit. Because yeah. uh, in order to get views on you on YouTube, you know, you gotta have advertising and stuff. And so now it's the same thing. The ones that can afford the big advertising are the label people and stuff like that you know yeah you know you hit on a great really? point man about the the mystery of things because now even think about a movie you know the day they start making the movie you're gonna see pictures from the set you're gonna see you know what i mean you know everything about the movie yeah. before it comes out same thing with album you know the day they're going in the studio they're sending out clips on social media of them you know recording the album like we know everything there's like nothing we don't know and back in the day like you said you were just getting it whatever they wanted to give you that's all you knew and you're right it takes away the legendariness of it the the mystique it, it, it's totally crazy when you really think back to the way things used to be man things are way different it's crazy isn't it yeah absolutely absolutely there's nothing special about it anymore okay yeah there's nothing really special about about the music industry or or i from my personal you know but then 
you know, what my grandfather used to say about my music, you know, it's like, I don't get that shit. I liked this and this and that. And that was like, you know, the Frank Sinatra and shit like that. So, you know, it could very well be that I'm that. But, but in my opinion, though, you know, there's not, there's just not those real legendary rock stars coming out anymore. There's, there's just that hip hop and that new sound. And listen, I don't even know how to make that sound. I don't even know. How to, I, I would love, I would try to, to cop that production style on something to see how I did. Right. You know, but I can't figure, I can't figure out how to do that shit. I would need a producer, one of those guys, a couple of black guys working with me. <laughs> Get some DJs. I mean, to, right. But I guess, you know, that's, there's basically only a handful of, of guys probably writing all everybody's stuff that's out there and producing it and shit like that. You know what I mean? Yep. It's yeah. another factory. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I had a great time talking with you. Anything you want to say to your fans in closing? Yeah, everything I do, I do for you. And um, thank you all for all the love and all support. And, and I'll continue to deliver and not let you down. All right, Donnie. Thanks a lot, man. Have a great night. Thanks, man. Well, that was a great chat with Donnie. Remember, you can support the podcast through Anchor. Visit the 80s Glam Metal Cast on Anchor and hit support. If you donate at the highest level, I'll invite you on the podcast for a chat. Thanks for all your support. Rock on!